Hey, witches. Welcome to The Lion, The Witch, and The Podcast. We are two mystic Leos discussing spirituality and human condition in the post-pandemic world. So hop in, witches. We're going hexing. Hello. Good afternoon. Or good evening. Or good morning. Or good yeah. Good morrow. Good morrow. Good morrow. Good morrow, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. What's up, witches? What's happening? What's going on? What is the 411? Yo, I don't know. I'm in a weird mood, whatever. What's the 411, girls? You girls keep me young. Sean, how witchy was your week? Well, tomorrow I get my second COVID shot. And I'm super excited about that. Yes, we're raising the boo. Yes. And I was thinking about how that could be witchy. And thinking about it in a perspective of warding, how we're essentially making a ward out of our bodies against this virus, this this terrible karmactic event, right? Um, We're becoming the ward in a sense. So just another reason why science is witchcraft and witchcraft is art and everything's and, connected and all of that 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 is i like that i like what you do there that's a, but it's still so exciting you're getting your second vaccine like that's, that's yes like, that's super exciting i can't wait and yeah. I, you know i'm i'm a little nervous about maybe any kind of um reaction just because i usually have reactions from these things but you know if anything i'm just gonna lay down have a day watch the handmaid's tale because that's coming back season mm-hmm three four i don't even know where we're at fucking knows. no it's so true every <laughs> like everyone's body body is literally so different like my second shot i literally felt nothing absolutely yeah nothing. and other people they were out for a day so you, you know what if you're out for the day you fucking enjoy it it's you fine it. it's for you it's yeah fine. yeah <laughs> how witchy was your week how witchy was my week um well i washed my hair and it's currently yes. in braids right now. So I look like a child. I literally look I, like- You know, I was shocked when you sent me that Snapchat earlier because I've never seen your hair. I love it. I love it, first of all. Thank but I've you. never seen your hair in French braids like that. That's beautiful. Yeah, no, I I, um, I don't know. I just didn't feel like touching it today and like washing it. I was like, maybe it's going to look good for tomorrow. I don't know. Don't oh, do it's going to look so cool tomorrow. I can't wait to see it. You know what I'm saying? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but besides that, I, I sent... I sent you this podcast and it's my favorite dating podcast. Girls got to eat. It got me started with my, it's not me. It's COVID podcast before we started our lovely business. Mm-hmm. And this week's episode was all about setting boundaries. And yeah, mm-hmm, exactly. And this amazing therapist, she was on good morning America. I'm totally forgetting her name, but they had her on and they talked about boundaries that it's okay of doing it, having boundaries with family, friends. Like there's reasons why you need to be having it. And I like, it just spoke to me so mm-hmm. much, especially with like a certain situation that obviously like I texted you about. And I was able to like realize, because sometimes I feel bad when I make these boundaries, but no. being, but you can't be. And especially mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, they talked about being an empath. And I was like, yeah fuck (laughs) yeah I was like but being an empath like you have to create those boundaries because if you don't you're going to have all of those emotions just stuck with you with these toxic human beings and I can't fucking deal with it so no I mean nobody should be nobody should deal with this Mm -mm. it was just so 
enlightening and just made me personally feel so much better about some of the decisions that I have made in the past with certain people and what this is the decisions I'm still making now and learning boundaries and like it just was it, it, it just was super rad it's a great episode it's a great it's a great podcast like they they dive down into everything and yeah it, it's not witchy but like it no was- it is setting boundaries is a form of self-care and it's self-preservation absolutely I think that witchcraft is in everything I think magic is infused in everything and it can be you can draw that into your daily practice weekly monthly yearly what have you I have had to recently set a lot of hard boundaries with certain kind of family members and um you know the situation, you know how toxic mm. and parasitic the situation was and still is. Yeah. And yeah, I feel bad because this person is mentally ill. Um, but that is not my problem. I can absolutely support them. I can absolutely suggest help for them, but I cannot be their therapist anymore. And no. and simultaneously their punching bag because exactly. that was the relationship. So it's been about a year since I first started setting the boundaries. And let me tell you, I feel so much better about the relationship. It's still triggering. I still get stressed out and anxious when I'm seeing this person um, because they're family and I have to sometimes. Um, but I'm constantly reminding myself that boundaries are the only thing that are that's going to allow me to really speak up for myself and, um, you know, work for myself. You know, we spend all this time working for other people, doing things for other people, worrying about other people, emotionally experiencing other people, and we forget ourselves. And mm-hmm. boundaries, even just, even if it's not like with a negative person, even if you're just setting boundaries with someone you love, like mm-hmm. maybe, hey, so-and-so, um, I need to be able to have this space just for me between this, the, the hours of nine to 11 or whatever. I need to meditate. I need to do this. I need to be alone. That's setting a boundary, Yeah, you know? Yes. So setting a boundary, setting boundaries is just so important. I think it's a huge part of shadow work too. And we can talk about that at a, in another episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so proud of you. I just wanted to say that. Stop. I mean, <laughs> I've seen, I mean, fuck, like, I, yeah, like you said, I know the situation that you're going through and fuck night and day. I see a huge change, huge mm-hmm. change with you. And that's like, that's so fucking powerful. And, um, uh, what was I going to say? I don't remember what I was going to say, but all I can, all I can think of right now is like, you're proud of me. Like I'm proud of you. I'm proud of mm-hmm. us. I'm, I'm proud, proud of us. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? This is a good segue to talk about what we're going to talk about today on the episode. Yeah, because setting boundaries is important here too. What are we talking about, Court? Um, spirits. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about connecting with spirits. And we can call this connecting with spirits with a big S, or we can just call it connecting with the spirits around you um, because they're all around us, right? They're all around us. And Sean, you've been doing this for basically since you came out of the womb. Yeah. Um, I had my first spiritual experiences, um, when I had a major life change. Um, at least that's when I noticed it. I think that my mom 
would tell me stories about how I used to like talk to people that weren't there and shit like that. Um, so I, I'm just, I might not be remembering it because when I was younger, I think it was so ingrained that I was like speaking to tree spirits and I was speaking to those past and animal spirits in the woods and just all of these different things kind of swirling around me. And I really started to remember my childhood because I don't remember a lot of my childhood. But I really started to remember it when I moved to Scranton and I started having like really life altering experiences. So yeah, I mean, it, it can start for anyone at any point you know? Yeah. I mean, it literally started for me, what, this year, basically? Well, you, I remember your first apartment in New York. I remember you saying, there's a spirit that lives here. And I was like, yeah, how did you know? And you were like, how did you know? (laughs) We were both, I think we both said together, like, male spirit? But literally, like, well, I, I just felt a presence. I just felt like a weird presence by the second room. But you, you, I mean, you were like, yeah, you're right. I see it. Like, I see him. He's right there. Or, yeah. you know, when Philly had that spirit above his head, he's like, yeah, no, she's yeah, right there. That's fine. Yeah. And he like flinched, like yeah. he visibly flinched. And I was like, yeah, that's somebody, something just tried to touch him. Yeah. So exactly. It's so, it's, it's, you can't sometimes you can't explain it but they're they're here they're here Mm -hmm. they're out there like I I've been watching Supernatural recently and they're getting more into like spirit work and Mm -hmm. and I was like fuck yeah like this was a tv show but no this is real like they brought real shit into this Mm -hmm. yeah I'll say it before and I'll say it again because I think I've said it on this podcast before is that you know that you've seen a spirit and you've experienced uh the spirit world when you spend the next five years second guessing that experience. So like, you know, you felt something, you heard something, you saw something and you literally spend like, you're you're talking yourself out of it basically. That's when you know you've actually experienced something because it's not like Hollywood. It's not like in The Conjuring. No, They don't just like, you know, pop out from trees. I mean, tree spirits do, but you know, they don't, they don't just like hang off of trees and look like rotting corpses. Like that's just not, that's not it. That's yeah. it's not a look. No, no, it's not. Oh my god, it's not. It's not a look. You were right. So, it's not that long of a Google Doc today. It's it not is not. Long. It's not. It's not too long. Just letting everybody know. And what resources do we have, Sean? All right. So we got the Encyclopedia of Encyclopedia of Spirits by Judica Illes. If you've listened to this podcast before, you will know I love her. <laughs> um, she's a fantastic resource. I yeah. always recommend her. Um, I also watched a great video from Chaotic Witch Aunt. Uh, her name's Frankie. She is a TikToker. She, I, I personally like, I love her YouTube channel. It's Chaotic Witch Aunt. Um, and the video is called Approaching Spirit Work. And I told you about how much I loved her today. Um, yep. She is just this incredibly amazing person. She's like a sponge. She reminds me of a sponge. And she's so young but she is so learned in the magical arts. And also just like, she's so intelligent, just the way she speaks, she's like an old soul. And I just want to make a point. I want to stick a pin in that and say that this is a perfect, Frankie is a perfect example of how age does not exist when it comes to knowledge about the craft. Mm -hmm. Um, I have had 
older, you know, I've told you about experiences before when I'm going to buy, um, I'm going into stores and I'm buying certain herbs or certain bundles or something like that, smoke bundles. And I've had older witches pontificate at me about how, you know, I don't know how to use these certain tools or I don't know what this specific form of magic means and blah, blah, blah. It just attack me out of nowhere. And you know, it seems that there's like a real age concept in this community too. And mm. Frankie's just a great example of how you can be young and you can still know a shit ton because this girl does her, this woman, I'm sorry, does her research. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so research is, is so important. Cross-referencing is so important. But yes, this video, I will shut up now. It's called Approaching Spirit Work from Chaotic Witch on, and she talks all about her experiences as a psychic medium and just what she's learned from spirit work. And then- Fucking amazing. Yes. And last, but certainly not least, A Beginner's Guide to Communicating with Spirits on the Other Side by Eliza Kelly Fargner. Is that, you think that's right? You're better than what I would say. So- Eliza Kelly (laughs) Fargner of Allure Astrology. Very, very nice name. I like that. It rolls off. Well, it would have rolled off the tongue if I knew how to pronounce words. No, but same, same. It's as we know, I don't know how to pronounce words. We're not. We don't know how we try. Zach is probably going to say, okay, this is how you should have said it. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, Aliza Kelly Fargner. That's what, that, that's where we're going to stop. Okay. Let's get into this. Let's do the introduction would you like would you like to take it away sure sure all right so introduction there are many different ways to approach connecting with spirits we we use the term connecting with spirits for a reason um but we're going to try and narrow the focus today to communicating with spirits and and receiving messages from them as in the communication um and then working with them as allies so we got spirit communication and spirit work so two different things there. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to it, working with and connecting to spirits is going to be individual to the practitioner. Remember that, you know, be, when we say something here, it's usually um, from our experience. It's usually what our research has told us, uh, what what we have absorbed mm-hmm. and what we find interesting. And your research may be different for you. Uh, your experiences may be different. Again, always it's going to be individual to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. This approach can be used to honor ancestors, spirits of the home or land, deities, etc., to try to form a relationship working with spirit or gain insight into specific or trending issues. Trending as in a trend line has been formed, which yeah. is very, very true. Yeah. So essentially like you know, when you've had a bunch of different experiences and you kind of form that trend, you know, maybe you're living in a house and uh, you have seen several times things move around, things have gone missing, things have showed up in certain areas, you've gotten certain messages, you've done this very similar readings, um, you know, trend line happening there. Are you talking about maybe something that you've experienced? Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) sometimes I've, I've experienced a lot of random things yeah. in which um, it's one individual circumstance with one individual spirit. And then I've uh, experienced a lot of trend line things where, you know, it's a lot of the same activity, a lot of the same messages. Um, and, you know, depending on the entity that I'm speaking yeah. to. So, so we're approaching spirits from the perspective of an animus, which is something that Frankie talks about in her video as well. 
Uh, an animist is the belief that all things animate or inanimate possess a distinct essence of spirit. So for me, it's the base understanding that the land is alive and we must honor it. Mm-hmm. Reconnection with the natural world is also the main tenet of Gaianism, which is devotion to the earth as a superorganism. Uh-huh. So really interesting. I, I, I find that um, beautiful because I, I love Gaia as a, a goddess, but I also love Gaia as the earth and honoring the earth as a, you know, so not only a superorganism, but a spiritual organism as well. Which we talked about with Annette in our previous episode. We did. We did. She loves Gaia. She loves Gaia. Yeah. Spirits are all around us. As Judica Illis says, spirits permeate human culture and are completely unavoidable. Even if you can't see them or have never encountered one before. If you have any religious, there is some level of comprehension that spirits share our world. Quote, synonyms for religion include spiritual tradition and spiritual faith. Some religions, spiritual traditions, incorporate references to spirits into their very names. Shinto means the way of the spirits. Santeria means the religion of the saints, a euphemism for once outlawed African spirits more accurately called Orishas. Vodou literally means spirit. Spiritualism and spiritism, espiritismo, are systems of contacting and honoring spirits, end quote. I love how, how you said those words. That was pretty, yeah. yeah, that was beautiful. That was very, that was very, that was very beautiful. If Thank you're you. not, of course, if you're not interested in connecting with spirits, that's perfectly fine. But to deny their, their existence is a mistake, which yes. I completely agree with. Yeah, I mean, there are so many people out there that are still skeptics, which is totally fine. Yeah. You'd be a skeptic if you want to be a skeptic. Um, I, with all that I've seen, heard, felt, and experienced, I cannot be a skeptic anymore. <laughs> I am certainly, I will go into a situation and the when someone comes to me or when I feel that a, a situation is um, infused with spirit or mm-hmm. there's like a location that is haunted or anything, um, or if I'm looking at haunting activity, the first thing I'm going to think of is, okay, well, was the window open to have, is there some kind of airflow in here? Is the air conditioning unit on? You know, I'm going to try and debunk things first. You know, I'm going to go into it logically. And then if all logic is exhausted, then I'm going to think, okay, well, couldn't this be paranormal? Let's, let's see if we can feel anything. And usually, you know, that's resolved for me pretty quickly because the third eye comes on the sensitivity oh, yeah. is turned up yep. yeah and uh, I can pretty quickly feel something but usually I'll try and start if I even have time before the spirit pops in to say maybe we can logic this out mm-hmm. so though the deceased cannot be reanimated communication with the dead breathes new life into difficult situations according to Jessica I am totally saying this last name wrong Lanyadu? I think it's Lanadu. Lanadu, yeah. Lanadu, right. When someone dies, they are not meant to be here anymore. Learning to let go is a part of loving someone who has passed away. I just thought that quote was like just really cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. Um, Yeah, I mean, nothing nothing persists, right? There's always a a cyclical aspect of everything. And um, it's it's coming to that realization that is uh that's that's really heartbreaking but it also kind of lets you see things in a new way Mm -hmm. so we have a disclaimer 
Of course we do. <laughs> All right. So here's our hopefully one disclaimer for the episode. So connecting to and working with spirits of any kind can be very draining, overwhelming, or potentially a dangerous activity. Many allegations exist of all spirits being evil and they all wish to possess us and control humans, Mm -hmm. but that is complete bullshit. They, however, are beings of great power and are as deserving of our respect as our elders or leaders because they can be, in a sense, both. Mm -hmm. Calling down or contacting something that you are not ready to take on and show your respect to is where it becomes dangerous for both the practitioner and spirit. Mm. Judica says, quote, Just as with fire and knives, spirits must always be treated with respect and caution. A combination of common sense and knowing how to work with them ensures safety. Mm, That is so true. Yeah, I mean, there has countless times in in history has the Catholic Church, the Christian Church, the Jewish Church, whatever, these major um, monotheistic organizations have really demonized any kind of spirit contact. Mm -hmm. And you know, we don't even know that much about demons themselves or demons, you know, like we don't, these, these entities are so much older than we are. Sure. There are positive entities. There are malevolent energies and entities. There are neutral entities, but we have to think of it as a reflection of us. Right. And nobody's all good, all evil, all neutral all the time, you know? So why would our spirit world not reflect that? Especially with, with, human spirits and then in human spirits we just do not understand them enough to mm-hmm. be able to um make an an accusation like that and especially to think of you know a lot of the characters that we lend um a lot of the personalities and the profiles we lend to quote demons um in the catholic sense uh are like ancient Sumerian spirits yeah, um, or like these ancient, ancient, ancient spirits that like we don't really fully understand from those cultures. So it's just so dangerous to categorize spirits with any kind of like, this is a bad spirit. This is a good spirit. So we absolutely want to go forward not doing that. Um, But just remember that if you're trying to contact spirits and you just, you aren't, knowledgeable about who you're talking to what you're calling forth and you're not respectful of it that's when it's going to get dangerous exactly and that's like with anything with practice like with tarot or with i mean our divination our divination um episode like if you don't know what you're doing it's not it's not a good idea you should be doing your research you should be practicing more and that's the same thing with here i mean Fuck, I'm so honestly, I'm so happy that I'm watching um, Supernatural right now as like we're talking about this because yes, it's a TV show, but some of it, like talking about spirits, contacting spirits, demons. We just got we just got into the episode, at least I did, like talking about angels and like if they talk about this and it's a learning, like it's a new experience for the boys. I feel like I know them, you know, <laughs> but it's just so interesting. It's just so it's spirits and contacting them. It's just, so it's a whole other, like, I, I can't even describe it. Yeah, I know. It's, um, it's super personal. Yeah, it can yes. get really personal with, uh, because especially if you're hearing these certain messages, um, you know, it feels like you form a connection and 
You absolutely can. And, and you know, Coco talked about this too. She, mm-hmm. she made a really interesting comment where she said, uh, I think she said something like demons are far more neutral than angels, yes. you know, yeah, 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 yeah. and I've heard that a lot. I've heard uh, working with angels can be very intense and chaotic. So I, I personally don't know enough about these because I don't work with demons or angels. Um, so I don't know enough about them to give a inaccurate statement on that, but just really interesting hearing the perspective from these different practitioners. No, absolutely. Absolutely. We can, oh my God, we could like keep going on and on, but let's get back to the Google doc. Let's get back to it. So next part is types of spirits. So the first type of spirit that we're going to talk about is ancestors. Great place to start reclaiming your heritage. If you weren't raised in the culture or practice you're ethnically connected to, we always want to begin with learning and trying to understand who we are before we declare ourselves a part of the practice. I fucking love that. Yeah. That welcoming your ancestors into your space with a simple altar of fresh water and a designated white candle just for them meditating on messages from you. Your ancestors are guiding spirits here to help you show your protection and help you absorb messages you're just not quite getting. Maybe that's why my grandma came into the house. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted to tell you something probably that she wanted to like conk you upside the head and be like, listen to me. Maybe. Hey, I'm trying to remember when I saw her too, like why that was happening or like if there was something going on in life or whatever or well it was right in the middle of the pandemic you were like really feeling lost like freaking uh, the you, fuck out your yeah. idea that's that's that was it you were having an identity crisis too at that point because you were trying to figure out do I want to continue with musical theater who am I I'm back in LA this is not who I am am I New York Courtney am I LA Courtney yeah. you know so they could like definitely feel I feel like your your grandmother could have come in and and been like trying to shake you up and be like you know remember who you are kind of like remember in the Lion King with Muf- when Mufasa was just like remember who you are yes. oh my god uh, <laughs> I always have to make a Disney reference on this <laughs> because, because you're the Disney queen you're the Disney queen <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and that's not necessarily like you don't have to do the the fresh water and the white candle. That's just like how I honor my ancestors. That's how I've seen other practitioners honor their ancestors. I mean, they can absolutely ask for something specific if you're open to the messages. But I think the main message here is that ancestors are present all around us. They can be spirit guides. They can be um, spirits that that stay with us, mm-hmm. you know, for our entire lives. And they're really out here to try and help us, to try and guide us, to try and really help us remember our identities. I think that's super important. So let's talk a little bit more about spirit guides. Um, There's been a lot of talk on this, I feel like on TikTok lately. Um, And as we said, like ancestors can absolutely be guides. They're guiding spirits. Um, So spirit guides are with you since your birth. So usually spirit guides aren't gonna be someone that is recently deceased that you knew. Um, they are like assigned to you at birth and they don't necessarily have to be human spirits. Um, so they can be any spiritual being that helps you at any time during your life. They can be ancestors. They can be animals, elemental spirits. I've heard of people having (laughs) bird spirit guides, which I think is super cool. I love birds, um, birds, wolves, you know, um, animals, elemental spirits. They can be angels. I've heard of people working with saints, working with, um, angelic spirits, They will give you support or tough love. 
and guidance. So they're, they're here for you, but they're, they're not going to baby you. Mm -hmm. That's the, the interesting thing about them. So when a spirit guide tries to get your attention, they can cause a uh, different kind of sensation. So this is some, but not limited to uh, ringing the ears, repeating signs, symbols, you're seeing animals, electricity malfunctions, synchronicities, one, 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 three, 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 you know, chills, waves of warmth. Um, I personally have experienced, uh, obviously the signs and symbols, um, as well, the ringing in my ears, um, like right before something happens that they've been kind of giving me signs up to a certain point. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's super interesting. So Whoa, I just, ha oh my God, I, my realization. Left, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm, my left ear. I don't think I've told you that my left ear has been ringing for the past five fucking days. Like hmm. literally, literally my, I like, and I don't know why it's like random times. It's when I'm like super moody. It's when I was super, super moody. Sounds like a message trying to come through. I literally am like, what the fuck is happening? So I would think back during those moments and think what was happening? What were you feeling? What were you thinking about? Like shit. Um, yeah. So there could be something there, I think. Okay, we're going to have to dive into that later after this episode. Well, this is the next, I was just going to talk about that. So a great way to connect with them is through intentional meditation and lots of meditation. Let me just say, it is not easy to hear and connect with your spirit guides. You just don't go in a trance and then you hear someone talking to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just not how it happens. There's a lot of working with them. There's a lot of pulling them into your, well, not pulling them into your space, but inviting them into your space, telling them that they can, you know, trust you, um, really building that relationship. So it's just like any kind of spirit work, building their relationship with your guides, because if they don't think that you're going to listen to them, they're just going to flow back into the ethos. They're yeah. not going to, they're not going to deal with your bullshit, you know, yeah. but if they know that you're kind of worthy of the work, they're going to make you work. So, yeah. Um, connecting with your spirit guides will allow you to manifest your highest form of self. So let's remember, and this is something that was going around a lot with the whole Moldavite thing. Oh, your yeah. highest, your highest form of self is not necessarily going to be your love and light self. And mm -hmm. let's just throw that concept away right there because I hate that love and light bullshit. I hate yep. it. Yep. As I've said multiple times in this podcast, witchcraft is a shade of gray. Okay. Um, there is no room for that love and light stuff here, honestly, because witchcraft is hard. Witchcraft is pain. Witchcraft is bleeding and it's crying it is not all love and light. Mm -hmm. So your highest self is also not all love and light. Your highest mm -hmm. self is going to have to walk through those shades. And by shades, I'm literally talking about, you know, your, your memories, your, um, your literal zombies, essentially, you know, um, so really remember that when you're trying to live your highest truth, there is going to be pain. There's going to be shadow work, um, but it's worth it. You will find people dropping out of your life that do not support your highest truth. And that is okay. What have we been through lately, Courtney? We've been through that. I'm snapping. You know? I'm snapping. I'm snapping. <laughs> I'm fucking snapping. First snap of the episode. Can't help it. Can't help it. God, that's good. Yeah. So spirit guides are hard 
working with spirit guides are hard. They are, they, they absolutely are positive and are here to support you, but they're not going to just come in and give you a hug. They're probably going to like want you to work. Not, not probably they are going to want you to work. And what I was going to say was they're probably going to come in and smack you upside the head, but I mean, they probably, yeah, no, that's exactly it. That mm -hmm, you are not wrong. Okay. Next part of the Google doc spirits of the land and of the home animal allies, plant allies, and house spirits. Also, everyone, let me just say, Sean did a beautiful job on this Google Doc. Like, I literally <laughs> didn't even know what else to put. I think I put, like, two things. I was like, this is, this is perfect. This is perfect. <laughs> I try. Literally perfect. <laughs> Forming a relationship with the land you live on, holding space for all spirits that inhabit a space. We have to realize that many of us are living on colonized land and paying tribute to the land you are on and who it belongs to is a great practice to keep. And the easiest way to do this is to educate yourself on cultural traditions of the land without appropriating and venerate, venerate, yes? Yeah. Venerate the land itself, give offerings or donations and learn to understand the earth as the indigenous people did. Lower your carbon footprint. Environmentalism is a very active way to honor the land. Sean, this is so you. Like I can't. Like your these words yeah. are like so you. Well, you know, when I start started looking into Guyanism um for this, you know, just I was just like bopping around looking. And it's so true that environmentalism is a huge part of like honoring the land. And you know, the one thing I want to say is I see so many fucking people still using plastic water bottles, plastic disposable water bottles. Mm -hmm. Why are we still using plastic disposable water bottles in 2021? The ocean is full of them. You know, it, we're, mm -hmm. we're literally, I think recently I read that the first um, test was done on a placenta recently that was found, that found microplastics, um, which means that, you know, there are literally, my, we, we know there are micro, microplastics in our body, but like, literally a baby was born with microplastics wow it absorbing from that placenta uh, so like i don't that probably was a horrible way to say it but like you no, know we understand we'll get it we get it <laughs> so i'm like holding up right now my um water reusable bottle. water bottle and yeah. like there's no reason you need to like go out and buy an expensive crystal water bottle you can go buy a nalgene it's you know, for the amount of money that you were spending on a case of plastic water bottles, you could have bought a Nalgene probably in a, in a Brita, you know? So mm -hmm. I understand people want to drink clean water. Um, I understand there are a lot of places on this planet and in this country that clean water is not accessible to people. Um, but where it is accessible, if we just all started using reusable water, glass or hard plastic water bottles, BPA-free, mm -hmm. um, we would just be one step closer. I think. So anyway, I'm going to stop being an environmentalist. Now. No, I fucking love it. Also, can you say water one more time for me? Water? Thank you. I just, okay. <laughs> well, okay. So I say water different than you say water. Yeah. Because yeah. East coast, Jersey, like, yeah. So that was, that was, that was it. That was, that, yeah. Well, it's funny. You say water the way that people in Scranton say water. They say water. Water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's a, I don't know how other people say it. It's a I regional, don't... right? Yeah. And like in Northern New Jersey, it's uh, water. No, I'm sorry. It's water, water. And water. then in Southern New Jersey, it's water. Yeah. And oh. in New York, because my mom still says water, water. I'm like, mm -hmm, yeah, water. Water. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, what yeah. are you doing? 
That's literally, mm -hmm, that's Robin. Okay. So working with plants and animal spirits, understanding their behaviors and learning from their growth. So I'm a huge fan of this meditating with your plants, opening yourself up to connecting with your plants, learning lessons from the way they survive. Mm -hmm. Um, Animal spirits may show up to you either physically or in dreams or visions. If you're like seeing a fox all the time, like there is a fox like making a den under your deck or like you're seeing it in your backyard, you're seeing it on walks, you're seeing pictures of foxes places and then you're dreaming about foxes. It's or a, a crow. Or a crow. <laughs> like it's literally crows everywhere. Absolutely. Um, there's a huge possibility that the spirit of the fox mm -hmm. is contacting you and that, you know, there could be some work done there. Maybe they want you to learn something from them vice versa. So, um, you know, they can be very symbolic or representative of certain messages, <clears throat> excuse me, <Nice>. or, your, <laughs> or your relationship may develop into a long-term give and take. So that in a sense is like what we talk, what we say, what we say, what we talk, what we mean when we talk about working with mm -hmm. a spirit. Mm -hmm. um, remember when we work with these spirits, we are always learning from them. Specific messages may require specific animal spirit invocation. So, you know, if you are working with a fox or you want to work with a fox spirit or you are seeing foxes everywhere, what have you, um, it could be that, you know, universe is, or spirit is trying to send you some kind of message of learning how to um work efficiently mm -hmm. work logically the fox is a trickster spirit um so there are so many like messages that can be taken from the symbology of the fox you know i love that i love that honoring the spirits that inhabit your space with you this may have been their home or land long before it was yours. So creating a space for these spirits to communicate their needs to you is super important to strive for a healthy home energetically. Remember, spirits are all individuals. Some may like gifts. Some may just like that you're giving them the time of day, which is so true. I mean, I feel like I talk to Celine the most when, well, obviously when I look up at the moon, but I might alter. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we'll definitely get to talking about deities and, yeah. and we'll absolutely have, like, I think we'll need to have an episode diving further into deities because yes. I don't, we're going to talk about working with them. We're not going to talk, like really talk about our deities. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, house spirits, um, Zach's family, which is the, the home that I previously lived in, um, has like five house spirits. Oh my God. You would tell me every time, every time yeah. they show up. They showed up a lot. They were very overwhelming. Um, they showed up in different forms. Uh, there were like two men in boiler hats. Um, they wouldn't show me their faces. They So their faces were like blurred out. Um, there was a woman who actually looked like Medusa and she looked like she was charred. So I'm thinking there was some kind of like fire death there or Shit. something. Or maybe she was an elemental spirit. I, I don't really know because uh, I saw her like really in a short period of time and there was um an older woman who i believed was the original homeowner like when it was built in the 1800s and uh there was a younger woman who had i, I believe died in the home um so there were several spirits that were living in the home they didn't they were a little bit disrupted by my presence just because they knew that 
they knew they could see me and I could see them, yeah. you know, um, yeah. sometimes spirits, sometimes spirits can't see you either, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but we did kind of exist in each other's worlds. Um, barely anybody else in the house had had experiences, you know? So I was really kind of one in one foot in one foot out. Um, and, you know, I would hold space for these spirits. I would, um, receive messages, I would, um, you know, if I saw that they were connected to a certain area, I would leave like maybe like a quartz crystal in that area or something like an offering to them. Um, Maybe leave some water out, you know, just respect, like mutual respect. None of them felt malevolent. None of them felt like they wanted to harm me. They just wanted to exist. Uh Um, There was no real give and take. It was mostly just like a coexistence. So that totally happens. Yeah, absolutely. And now- Let's get, uh, you're just going to take this whole, this whole section because this is you, okay. this is literally, but this is literally talking about you. So Sean, just fucking go for it. All right. So we're going to talk about, um, astral travelers, as I like to call them. I, I don't know if I'd say I coined that term because I'm not sure, but that's what I call, uh, basically traveling spirits. Um, just at your everyday, uh, human spirits that are traveling through the astral to their afterlives and mediumship. So Astral travelers are defined here as spirits of those past who are traveling through the astral on their way to their designated afterlives or next lives, Mm -hmm. next cycle. Um, Most often referred to as ghosts. Yes. They are human spirits that pop up or stick around for a number of reasons. I most often experience them to receive messages or if they need some kind of guidance. Um, We've talked about this before. They pop up in my room when I'm trying to go to sleep at night. Um, we usually kind of like the first time they they pop up to me, I'll, they'll either show up to me as like a, a heat signature in the air. Um, I'll get like auditory responses, um, physical, uh, or I'm sorry, um, visual and um, smell a vision <laughs> responses. Yeah, 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 I'll yeah. smell them. Um, and uh, some kind of blend of that happens. And then usually... I, like I said, they're, they're either show themselves in my mind's eye, or if they don't want to show themselves, they show up as a heat signature. Usually the non-human entities will show up as a heat signature. Um, and by heat sig- signature, dear listener, I mean like imagine yourself at a bonfire or just like in front of a fire and you look directly over the fire and you see the way the heat is moving the air. Yes. That's how I see spirits in our physical world. Most often, sometimes I have seen a couple full-bodied apparitions, but that's pretty rare, even for me. Um, But yeah, so they'll show up. Usually they'll like want to deliver a message personally to me, or they'll want me to deliver a message to someone else. I've had that experience. It was awkward, but rewarding. Um, And I've actually had that experience a couple of times. It's always awkward, but always rewarding. Um, And if, if they don't give me the message right away, like if they don't like speak the message to me um, or like give it to me telepathically, I will do a reading, do some kind of reading with them. It's usually their choice, but I'm, I'm typically going to go with tarot. Um, I've actually done pyromancy too with spirits, um, but yeah. Oh, and scrying. Recently, I've had a lot of experience where I am scrying with spirits and they are delivering messages. I'll see them around me in the mirror and then they'll deliver a message through tarot. Um, so, you know, really interesting. Like I said, it's usually because they 
they either need guidance. They're not sure what's going on. Sometimes they don't know they're dead. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they're not sure where to go, all that. Um, and other times they want me to deliver a message to a person. So yeah. super you, interesting. I remember when you, you told me to do a reading for the two spirits that were in Blake's apartment. Cause I, yeah. you said that they, that they were possibly just stuck. Like they didn't know where to go or what to do. And I remember I did that for them. And then when I did it, like this big gust, I feel like I definitely have said this uh, on another episode, but I felt this huge gust of like air coming into my, into my lungs and like went away. And I think ever since then, like they've been gone. That's good. Yeah. And sometimes they just want to exist, coexist, yeah. you know, other times they, um, they get stuck in a place Maybe they were in it that maybe they had died in another apartment, yeah. you know, and they kind of like found your light, you know, um, I believe and everything I'm talking about now is my opinion. My experience is not going to be the same as yours, but I believe that people who are sensitive, who are clear sensitive or um, psychically sensitive are kind of like lights in the darkness for these spirits. These spirits are wandering around oftentimes in the dark. Um, the astral, the way I see it is very dark. And by dark, I don't mean evil. I mean, literally like physically dark. Um, so I feel that psychic mediums or other sensitive persons are kind of like light beams and they're attracted to that. And they usually want, they're like, okay, finally someone, someone that can listen to me. Other spirits, they don't want to be bothered. You know, they just kind of want to coexist. That's oftentimes what the situation is with house spirits. Before I knew and I felt that I had verified that I was a psychic medium. I haven't been formally trained, so I can't say that I am, uh, I have a certificate or anything. I don't think that exists. Um, but I did a lot of research. I spoke to other mediums, um, who kind of verified my experiences. And before I knew this, I just thought I was constantly living in haunted houses mm -hmm. that every place I was, was haunted. And it was like, no, it's, it's me you know? <laughs> so yeah. I am a psychic medium. So I'm constantly connecting with the spirit world. It's a huge part of my life, whether or not I have one foot in the grave on a given day. Um, so as a psychic, here's a little bit of a breakdown of that word. I read the energies of a living person. I perceive as a medium, I read the energies or messages of a deceased person or spiritual entity. I receive. So I work heavily with the clairsenses, clairvoyance, which is seeing clear audience, hearing, clear cognizance, knowing, clear intellect, thinking, in order to connect with spirits, as well as use div divinatory tools to decipher messages when they're not clear. I talked about how I use scrying, how I use pyromancy, how I use tarot. Um, it's not a one-to-one -one ever. It's never the same experience. Um, I have been connecting with spirits for a long time, but I've only recently been calling myself a psychic medium because I only recently had my experiences validated. Right. Um, so yeah, mediums are professional connectors who facilitate dialogue between the living and the dead. According to Jessica Lanadu, an astrologer and a medium with two decades of experience. So that must be yep. so cool. Yep. Such, such a lot of intense energy for her. Quote, being a medium means that I can hear, see, and feel those who are no longer in their bodies, end quote, which is very true. Mm -hmm. And 
in Frankie's video, Chaotic Witch Aunt, you know, I, I highly recommend everybody go watch her videos. She has a video on being, uh, you know, answering your questions about mediumship and yeah. every single thing she says in that episode, I was literally, or not episode, video, I was literally like, yep, 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 yep. Like literally, I was like, I, I wasn't sure. I was like, hmm, I wonder if her experience is going to be different than mine. And no, it's like, almost identical to mine so that's not to say that experiences can't be different because they totally can be like there are some people who just smell spirits there are some people who do the automatic writing and they can it's clear intelligence they think the spirits messages um I happen to see feel smell and hear spirits um I don't do the automatic writing or at least not yet so like there are differences there are variations in this world um, in Jessica Lanady's work as a psychic medium, Jessica creates bridges between the worlds, just like our mortal conversations, dialogue with the dead can range from profound to petty spirits won't always offer specifics or say what you want to hear ghosts can be jerks too. And since Jessica receives messages from spirits constantly, she works hard to create healthy boundaries in both the physical and spiritual realms. There's your talk of boundaries again, mm-hmm. quote, I'm a huge believer in privacy and I don't like to invade other spaces and I'm not a fan of others dead or living invading mine. And you, you've dealt with that. You have dealt so with them times. just coming in being like, what the fuck? Like I didn't do anything to you. Why? Or why is it in the happening? shower recently? Yeah. Oh, okay. did I tell you about that? No. Oh, okay. So there was like, and you're going to talk a little bit about this. There was a um, male dread deity oh, God. that came to me in the shower and he was standing right outside the curtain. He was respectful, but he was trying to talk to me in the shower and Hecate was blocking him. Yeah, um, I could physically feel her energy blocking him and I still have no verification of who he was. Um, I have no idea. There are many, many um, dread male deities, uh, male deity, like underworld-esque male deities. So I don't, I don't know who he was. I've never worked with a male deity before. So that was a very strange, nearly invasive experience, but yeah, ghosts and spirits, they really don't understand boundaries and you have to set those with them. And most of the time they will respect you. If you say, I, I had this experience not too long ago where a, a young male, um, spirit, um, he came into my bedroom and I was just about to go to sleep. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I saw him in the, the, not the usual spirit corner. I saw him in the other corner and, um, I got all like still and I was like talking to him and Zach was like, what? You know, it was like 1130 at night. He was like, who are you talking? I'm here. Who's who? And I was like, oh, it's just this, this male spirit. He wants um, to have a conversation with me. And I asked him very politely. I said, you know, it's 1130 in the mortal plane. Um, I'm, I'm sure you don't have a conception of time, but I really want to get to sleep. I'm not going to be receiving messages right now. And he was like, okay. And I was like, will you, will you come back? Let's talk tomorrow. Let's do a reading tomorrow. And he consented. Yeah. Um, and he came back and we did a reading and I, you know, spoke to him a bit and I haven't seen him since I think he moved forward. Um, so yeah, setting boundaries is so important as a psychic medium, as an empath too, 
No. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The next part of the Google Doc is we're going to be talking about deities, like Sean mm-hmm. said. So we know these spirits as gods and goddesses belonging to a multitude of pantheons. There are many different ways to approach deities, but deity work and deity worship are two popular approaches. However, they are different. They are mm-hmm. absolutely different. So deity work is forming an intense multi-dimensional relationship with a deity, learning, getting guidance and protection from the deity, a mentor-mentee relationship, give and take. It is a rewarding relationship and it is typically formed on the basis of some kind of granted knowledge, but it is a lot of work. When a deity enters into your space to work with you, you are sharing everything, which I mean, yeah, Sean, you've, mm-hmm, you're literally yeah. sharing everything. Mm-hmm. You are dedicating a large part of your day and your time to this entity. If you do not have the time and effort to put into the relationship, do not take on deity work. And how do you start? You usually receive signs in either your waking or dreaming life from a deity consenting to work with you. But research and requesting a confirmation is required to validate the signs are from a deity. I love yep. that. Yeah, because there are a lot of spirits that can masquerade as deities too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will feel, they will feel very strong. Deities feel... Uh, ethereal they yeah. feel like a piece of the universe coming it, it is a, a feeling that cannot be described it can only be experienced um and you know i hope anybody that wants to experience a deity will be able to experience that but it is hard work you know i always say that um don't you, you don't want to open a relationship up with someone else if you yourself don't have the tools mm-hmm. you absolutely know? absolutely um yeah. So deity worship is honoring specific spirits with gifts, food, and devotions. Dedicating certain aspects of your routine and activity, working on yourself and your relationships can also correspond with deity worship. Worship worship centralizes on holding space for deities in your physical world. Cultural research will help you understand how a deity has been honored historically and can help you connect with them. Some basic ways to worship deities of all pantheons are offerings of water and wine in their name. Some typical ways that, Sean, you honor Hecate is leaving her a root vegetable in her bowl and lighting a stick of incense that you have dedicated to her, which she loves it, obviously. And since deities are a complex topic, like we said before, we will have another episode to talk like really in depth into this yeah because there's yeah. I mean, there's so much to talk about with deities there's so much I definitely want to dive into my relationship with Hecate Hecate yeah. however yes. you say it yes. um because there's many different ways to talk about her to say her name her associations all of that um yeah. her prefer- preferences yeah. um but yeah you know I did some research on Hecate and um I learned that one of her preferred offerings was um root vegetables like ginger and garlic and I'll I actually will find cloves of garlic that two cloves that are stuck together that actually look like a female re- reproductive system and I always think that's like really interesting to give to Hecate because she is a protector of women yeah. um yeah so deity work and deity worship are t- they're both difficult but it is you know always encouraged to look up cultural references to the deity how have they been worshipped in the past um what are their preferences usually you know you'll you'll find different sources online telling you different things you always want to cross-reference but um 
Yeah, you know, I wouldn't suggest diving into deity work before you start with deity worship, because that's where we start. You know, that's, uh, we, we kind of get the ear of the deity, we honor them, we show them, we prove to them, we prove that they can trust us. You know, it's, it's a relationship just like any other. Absolutely, absolutely. And now we have the final part of the Google Doc. Mm-hmm. Identifying your spirit allies. Let's take it so away. at this point, you're probably thinking like, okay, I've heard about deities. I've heard about spirit guides. I've heard about ancestors, but who am I supposed to work with? And here's the thing. You're supposed to work with whoever the hell you want to work with. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's like we said, it's a give and take. It is yeah. consent. It is all about consent from both parties. You, if a deity comes in and um, you don't want to work with that deity, then there is a way to not work with that deity. Mm-hmm. You know, a hugely important thing to remember here is that different people need different spirits and different spirits will be attracted to different people. But who will walk with you and guide you? Who will answer your petitions and offer protection, growth, and advice? Spirits choose to work with us just as we choose to work with them, but it is up to us to identify them. Yeah, I love that. Because, Sean, you helped me identify that Celine has been talking to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, you've had this, like, amazing connection with Celine for so long. Um, and I think you've always been talking to her. You've always been admiring her, and I think she has seen that. I think you've always... You are one of your best offerings to Celine is your time. You have really, you know, you talk about how you and Blake would always go and sit on his his truck bed and stare at the moon and be devotional to the moon um, and just make space in your life for the moon. You literally created your entire witchy ritual around the moon. And I didn't even know it. You didn't even know it. So I think that that was something that was with you for a long time. And you just were able to identify it recently and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we can identify them by name. Using your intuition here is key. If a spirit's name resonates with you and just sticks, their myths haunt you. They may even frighten you at first. If a spirit inspires you creatively or if you identify with something significant about their story and especially if they appear to you in your dreams. So one of the biggest things, um, I think the biggest reasons that Hecate and I uh, began our relationship was because, you know, I've talked about it before. I kept hearing dogs howling and I've heard them all my life where dogs are not there, you know? Um, And I've seen snakes everywhere all the time. Whenever I'm like going through a hard period in my life, I will, a snake will just kind of like slither out of the ground and slither towards me. I've literally nearly tripped over snakes before. So um, something that resonated with me was when I was reading about her, I was reading about her faithful dogs and her, her serpent associations and how she holds the torches Mm -hmm. for people. And that all just resonated with me. You know, I want to be a helper, a torchbearer. I am obsessed with dogs. I love snakes. Uh, So if something resonates with you, don't ignore it, Mm -hmm. you know? You literally just said it, just like Judica says, if a spirit resonates for you, odds are it's because it's already calling you, already hovering near you. However, if this is not a desired relationship, respectfully decline. Spirits will take no for an answer if delivered politely, respectfully, and honestly, which I mean, that's like any situation. I feel like they're they're like a human. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. 
relationships are built on consent. Yes, yes. Once you are able to identify the identity of the spirit, and if you do consent to work with them or make space for them in your life, dedicating objects or even creating a small altar, hey, based on their preferences are a great way to make them feel seen. It's important to try your best to identify what and what not to serve them based on their identities. Sometimes, as with human guests possessing food allergies, it's crucial to know what not to serve. Uh, fairies and gin refuse anything containing salt. Some spirits reject alcohol or are vegetarians. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's they're, they're very um, human when, or maybe that's not the right word. They're very personal when it comes mm-hmm. down to it. They will they will make their wants and needs known when they realize that you are ready to hear them and and you know when you've spent enough time with it with a deity you know you you will learn that when you spend enough time with Celine and you start to leave offerings for her or have left offerings for her she's gonna start telling you what her her preferences are you know maybe she likes a bowl of salt on the full moon maybe she wants you to leave her wine on Tuesdays you and know I'll fucking do it whatever yeah. she wants like ever since honestly ever since that Annette uh, we've already posted about it but Annette sent us this beautiful care package of all mm-hmm. of her things literally putting Celine everywhere like she's on my phone she's on my altar she's everywhere like she already said like baby girl that was perfect thank you I'm done like I just needed to be yeah. everywhere <laughs> yeah and I really like that I like how different their personalities are mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're all individuals and we just have to respect them as we would respect our friends, our family, ourselves, you know? Yeah. That's the Google doc. That's That's the end. That's it. Sean, you did a beautiful job on the Google doc. Thank you. I hope Hecate and Isis and Celine all approve. Oh, obviously for sure. Like this is basically like part one of this, this could go. Oh God, we could have like five freaking episodes about this. <laughs> like there's so much to talk about. There's so much that we're going to dive into more on next episodes. And I mean, Sean, like, thank you for really telling your story and yeah. showing everybody what you go through and how you do this. And maybe who knows, whoever's going to be listening, who knows that they'll realize like, oh my God, wait, I'm the same. Yeah. You know, that's, it's so important because like, I was listening to others' perspectives on psychic mediumship and, um, you know, someone literally said to me, do you maybe think that you're a psychic medium considering everything that you've gone through and everything that you've received and all this? And I was just like, what? And then I did my research and I talked to other people and I was like, fuck, yeah, I am. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And it's not, a, it's definitely not a bad thing. It's not a negative thing. It doesn't alter my life too drastically. Um, I can handle it. And if I can handle it, you can handle it, honestly. Mm. And I'm always open to um, questions, comments, concerns. Yes, exactly. Email us, like send us DMs, like yeah. anything. Let's talk. Let's, let's chit chat. If you like this episode, if you like our past episodes, if you like us, like, share, subscribe, you know where we are, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, um, Instagram, uh, website, uh, um, mm, Sean, what else? Don't forget to feed your spirits and feed your spirit. Oh, I'm, it's almost dinner time here. I'm ready. I'm, ready. <laughs> I'm so ready.
Thank you so much, witches, for joining us. We'll see you next time. See ya.